Hi, this is Kimberly Kleiman Lee, executive coach, performance consultant, and host of the Do I Dare podcast. If you're a leader who wants to inspire, empower, and raise the leadership bar, then you have come to the right place, my friend. Here you will get access to powerful yet practical solutions that elevate your performance and dissolve roadblocks. Do you dare to lead in a way that moves the needle and scales the impact? Then let's do it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Do I Dare podcast. My name is Kimberly Kleiman Lee, and I'm your host for the next few minutes. Happy fall to everyone. It is gorgeous in my part of the world. Leaves changing, weather starting to get cooler. I really love the fall, just the concept of change and the cyclical nature of it all um, helps me to understand that we can always start anew. And especially as we head into the holiday season and then the new year, it's really a ceremonious time for a number of different reasons. But with this time of year, the season, if you will, also comes the anticipation of a bit of stress, right? The holidays coming up, end of year, close of quarter, all of those sorts of things have people feeling a bit heavy. Uh, And I got to say, I think folks are feeling and and, uh, seeming a bit heavier than um, normal. I've been having so many conversations with clients, friends, colleagues, and family members about burnout. People are concerned not only for themselves, but for others and are desperate for answers. So many articles lately seem to be surfacing this topic and calling it in essence, a second worldwide pandemic. So I thought I'd get the conversation started here with the hopes that you carry this into your homes, your communities, and your places of work. I encourage you to have transparent conversations about what people need to truly take care of themselves and to get back to a place of health. I must admit, I too am feeling the effects and uh, thought, you know, I'd even share a bit of my story with the hopes that those listening understand that, you know, if you too are in the same boat, you're certainly not alone. And then I'd share a bit about what I have read, studied, and some recommendations to help folks get started again back on this path to resetting themselves, especially for those of you who are leaders and needing to pay attention to your employees, hopefully in a way that um, that is uh, has is elevating the conversation. So on the business side, the pandemic greatly impacted all that I had scheduled for 2020, and then I needed to scramble and reinvent and rebuild. On the personal side, we lost my father-in-law to COVID and two friends as well. Our household was hit when we contracted COVID ourselves. My husband lost his job when COVID impacted his company's workload. I had a sophomore in high school and a senior in high school, a freshman in college, all mourning the loss of rituals that they thought they'd have as teenagers, things like football games, hockey games, homecoming prom, even a graduation ceremony. And then eventually a first year of college on a brand new campus, right? My heart just broke for them as they tried to make sense of what they expected to experience versus what they actually got handed. They had online school and then hybrid school, which is half on, half off. And then when they sat near somebody who tested positive for COVID, they then needed to get tested again and or quarantine for 10 to 14 days. That happened to us eight different times, total disruption. 
And then of course, there's just all the news and the talk and the conversation, right? All of the heavy talk about COVID and masking up and supply chain issues and businesses closing and some human bad behavior all around. I tell you all of this because we are just one story. Everybody's got a story through the pandemic. It's important that we listen to each other and just have mercy and make some assumptions that everybody's got something that they're going with. I tell you all of this, not of course, because I'm looking for sympathy. We were well on the other end of all of those challenges, thankfully. But I want you to know that everybody's got a pandemic story. Everybody is facing some sort of challenge, some sort of uphill climb. And it seems that everyone is equally exhausted because of it. So in particular, healthcare workers and teachers are starting to show extraordinary uh, signs of burnout, according to the data, at least. The longevity of COVID and its effects, the constant basing of trauma and grief, and the long hours, especially in the beginning, had the clinical staff in hospitals, you know, really crying uncle in this case. From a teacher's perspective, just having to reinvent curriculum for two, sometimes three different versions of school is exhausting. Working around the clock, trying to keep up and making sure that their students are keeping up with their grade level curriculum has my teacher friends, again, just really rethinking the impact that they were able to make during this difficult time. Just to offer several statistics to help you understand at least what I've uncovered. And again, this is all meant to get you on a journey of understanding this yourselves with the hope of helping yourself, your, your loved ones, or certainly your colleagues at work. According to an insider survey of over a thousand American workers, 61% that they're currently at least somewhat burned out. An Indeed report from March found that most respondents said their burnout had worsened during the pandemic with 52% saying overall they were currently burned out. The latest employee burnout statistics are 75% of workers have experienced burnout with 40% they've experienced burnout specifically during the pandemic. That's from Flex Jobs. Indeed is also saying 67% of workers believe burnout has worsened over the course of the pandemic. Eagle Hill Consulting is saying 36% of employees said their organization isn't doing anything to help with employee burnout. 61% of remote workers and 53% of on-site workers now find it more difficult to unplug from work during off hours. Burned out employees are 63% more likely to take a sick day and 2.6 times as likely to be actively seeking a different job. I reported all about the big quit or the great resignation in a previous podcast. So check that one out if you want more detail about the uh, flux in the employment setting. Depression costs the US at least $51 billion in absenteeism and lost productivity alone. That's from Mental Health America. Prior to the pandemic, just 5% of employed workers and 7% of unemployed workers said their mental health was poor or very poor. Now, 18% of the employed and 27% of the unemployed workers say they're struggling with mental health issues. Managers are just as likely, if not slightly more so, to suffer from frequent or constant burnout. 
than individual contributors. Those numbers are 26% for managers and 24% for individual contributors, according to Gallup. And lastly, the APA states that workplace stress is estimated to cost the U.S. economy more than $500 billion each year. 550 million workdays are lost due to stress on the job. That's incredible when you think about that, coupled with the skyrocketing healthcare costs that many companies face. So if those are the stats, let's talk about the definition and the signs. So again, you can really understand what you might be feeling, experiencing, or perhaps seeing in your communities, your homes, and your workplaces. Elaine Chung, who happens to be a burnout researcher, who knew there was such a thing, right? Sad, but necessary. She's at Northwestern University and says the measurement and definition of burnout in the literature has been problematic and lacked clarity, which made it challenging to evaluate and classify. The World Health Organization, though, has kind of stepped up and defines burnout as a syndrome resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. It is characterized with really three different dimensions, exhaustion, cynicism, and diminished performance. Again, exhaustion, cynicism, cynicism, and diminished performance from chronic over and over and over again, workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. They said that it's now included in the 11th revision of the International Classification of Diseases, something called the ICD-11, as an occupational phenomenon. It's not yet classified as a medical condition, but rather a syndrome. So if you think about from a syndrome perspective, what may be the symptoms and perhaps effects of this chronic workplace stress? All the things that lead to definition of burnout. Well, there's chronic fatigue, of course, right? Not wanting to get out of bed or wanting to go to sleep uh, during the day more often uh, than usual. Insomnia, not being able to sleep at night at all. Forgetfulness, impaired concentration and attention. A lack of focus and mild forgetfulness are early signs of burnout. Physical symptoms may include chest pain, heart palpitations, a shortness of breath, stomach pain, dizziness, fainting, or headaches. There could be increased illness. Maybe their immune system becomes weakened, making them more vulnerable to infections, colds, flu, and other immune-related medical problems. And then, of course, the heavy stuff starts to come, right? Anxiety, depression, anger, increased irritability. And then ultimately, especially for those of you evaluating this in a workplace setting, there's lack of productivity and poor performance. Even despite long hours, chronic stress prevents you from being as productive as you once were, which often results in incomplete projects, an ever-growing to-do list. And at times it might seem that as hard as you try, you just can't climb out from underneath the pile. With all of that said, and with all of that being the wall people have to walk through to actually get their work done, there becomes this stigma, if you will, about burnout, the stigma of being weak, perhaps not being able to handle it all. I hear some of my friends and colleagues say, I just don't know what's wrong with me. 
I used to be able to do all of this. And now it just seems like such a chore. It leads to things like feeling insecure, inadequate, inferior, and weak. It also encourages avoidance, prejudice, and rejection of people with mental health conditions. You find that you're passed over for things. You aren't given more work or special projects because people just don't think, air quotes, you can handle it. Then you might face social consequences in addition to their health challenges. Some research suggests that the stigma might even be more harmful to people with a mental health condition than the condition itself. So what can be done about it? Let's go personal to start with. For you, the listener, I want you to become really self-aware. So according to the Mayo Clinic, here's some questions you might ask yourself to really see where you might be falling on the burnout scale. So have you become cynical or critical at work of yourself or others? Do you drag yourself to work and have trouble getting started? Have you become irritable or impatient with coworkers, customers, or clients? Do you lack the energy to become consistently productive? Do you find it hard to concentrate? Do you lack satisfaction from your achievements? Do you feel disillusioned about your job, maybe hopeless? Are you using food, drugs, or alcohol to feel better or to simply not feel anything at all? Have your sleep habits changed? Are you troubled by unexplained headaches or all of those other physical problems that I mentioned earlier? If so, you might be edging upon burnout. So in this case, what can you do to resolve some of these feelings? Well, first and foremost, I'd recommend you see a professional. This is a podcast with a person who's done perhaps a bit more research than you on this topic, but that's all. Reading, education, unpacking of a topic that's concerning me, and therefore I thought I'd share it with you. But contact your primary physician or counselor or someone who's qualified to really diagnose what's going on if you have any of those particular signs of concern happening for you. Ask for support. If it's impacting your job, discuss these specific concerns with your supervisor and ask and get creative on what might be done to change some expectations for a bit or reach a compromise or a solution on your performance versus what's actually being asked of you at work. Set some reasonable goals, prioritize, and then get back up on your feet. As I mentioned, seek support not only from trained professionals, but maybe coworkers, friends, or loved ones, where you can just share a little bit about what you're feeling, what you're sensing, and again, just to lean on your circle and and, uh, to help you, give you some comfort that you're not alone. Try doing a relaxing activity. Find what calms you. For some, it's heavy exercise. For others, it's reading. Maybe it's creating, like crafting or baking or doing something with your hands. Maybe it's just simply spending time with others who bring you joy. As I mentioned, get some exercise. You don't have to be a kickboxing master, but a brisk walk or some soothing yoga, some rock climbing, whatever it is, find the type of activity that brings you joy. Any movement in this case is good movement. Get some sleep. Sleep actually helps restore well-being and helps protect your health. It's the time where your body repairs itself, and it's so critical 
for that during times of stress like this. And again, you know this from previous podcasts, practice mindfulness. In a job setting, this practice involves just facing situations with openness and patience. No judgment. Give yourself some grace. When you can, just try to collect yourself for five minutes, 10 minutes outside with some fresh air. Maybe close your door if you have one. Take a deep breath. Open the Calm app, C-A-L-M, or 10% Happier app. And just activate a five-minute mindfulness or meditation practice just to get yourself calm, slowed down, and at peace. If you're a manager or a leader of people, hopefully that care will flow both up and down. You need to take care of yourselves, of course, in addition to taking care of others. But let's just talk about some of the things that could be causing this bit of stress. So folks right now are feeling a lack of control everywhere, at home, at work, in their communities. An inability to influence decisions that affect your job can really throw people off their game. Their schedules are out of control. Their assignments or their workload is heavier than it ever was. All of that is stuff that you as the manager can help them control, help them manage with a bit of compassion. For many, job uh, expectations have become unclear. There's a a shortage of employees out there in the market, as everybody can tell. Even hiring folks has become somewhat of an art form. So therefore, fewer people are doing more work, and the expectations of them have become not only overwhelming, but vague. So if you're unclear about the degree of authority you have, I'm sure your people are in the same boat. So dysfunctional workplace dynamics can also play a factor in workplace uh, burnout. Perhaps there's an office bullying situation going on or an undermining by colleagues or perhaps some micromanaging. All of that can contribute to job stress and hopefully a lot of that you have some control over. Extremes of activity when things are either very monotonous or very chaotic can lead to stress, fatigue, burnout. A lack of social support, especially for those who are still working at home or maybe might indefinitely be working at home. Is there a sense of community or are people feeling isolated? That could cause stress, of course. And then the big one, of course, work-life imbalance. If work is taking up so much of your employees or even your time that you don't have enough energy to spend with your family, your friends, and all of the other things that help balance why you consider yourself to be here, air quotes, that is going to lead to burnout. So start with culture, the culture of your team, the culture of your department, your division, your enterprise, uncover the critical X's of what might be causing these chronic stressors. You could manage your style or the demands that you've had on people, show more appreciation, cut hours shorter, send folks home on a Friday or tell them to shut up their computer and go do something fun. If you're short-staffed, maybe some work just has to wait, or maybe you could hire consultants to step in and fill the gap. How can you build more trust and community amongst the folks that are working maybe a hybrid of at the office and at home? How can you help calm demanding customers 
make sure you have enough and sufficient processes in place to expedite work? And how do you ensure that you get people the tools and resources they need to do their job well and right? And then as you're trying to help folks find solutions, just think about what might matter, what might employees value as you have conversations with them. And bottom line is just ask them, do they need counseling or therapy? And do you have a source or a resource at work that, can, uh, that, that you can direct them to? Do they need coping and recovery strategies? Would they value time off, maybe a later start time? maybe a team retreat to discuss some gnawing challenges that the team is not yet overcome. Maybe they need their work simplified. Maybe they need more employees to help with the load, either temporary or permanent. Maybe they simply need a, a bit of appreciation, a small gift, a note of thanks. Maybe they need a fun experience together, a team retreat that includes a a golf outing or a spa afternoon. My only caution here is I've been working with several different companies now who are starting to get people back together for team experiences, and they've booked a full day of meetings and then piled on a full evening of mandatory fun, if you will. So again, remember, folks are already fried. Creating a 12 to 16 hour day doesn't necessarily help the situation. Instead, do something that, again, is reinforcing the need to take care of, of themselves. Maybe you can do some superfluous things like inspire an office makeover or help people manage their home stuff. Send them five meals from HelloFresh or maybe give them coupons for a housekeeping service that can help them catch up on the things that they seem to have fallen behind on. Sometimes it's just cold, hard cash that they spend in a way that helps them feel like they're getting a bit of a handle on something that might've been uh, a bit overwhelming for them. Managers uh, need to be pragmatic during this time. Inspirational, certainly. Caring and compassionate, absolutely. And based on the data and science on burnout, figure out how you can get additional ideas and solutions to help folks with what they're facing both at work and at home. And I know the lines have blurred. They've really been obliterated, quite frankly. And managers now need to step in to help the whole human recover what has been really a daunting couple years here. This is such a tough topic, but one that needs more attention than ever before, mainly because we're all running around trying to preserve our health, our families, and our businesses. I hope today's podcast gives you a solid start to a much needed conversation. I encourage you to open your next team meeting with a dialogue about burnout. Perhaps review the list of symptoms with your people. Have folks simply reflect whether or not they have any or all of them. They don't have to share that publicly with the group. Just give them the moments they need to contemplate it. Invite them to a conversation in private so that the two of you can work out a solution together for folks who are feeling overwhelmed. Maybe even show a bit of vulnerability and express your own sense of overwhelm and what you're doing about it. Of course, we can all feel over our skis in conversations like this. We're not therapists or counselors, at least most of us aren't. So please engage either a human resources professional 
or simply recommend that your employees speak with someone in the medical community. As always, I've chalked the show notes full of all sorts of books and articles and resources for you, your family, and your employees. So please share them freely. Please take care of yourself and each other. Bye for now. Thanks again for listening to the Do I Dare podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share. And we'd love to hear from you. DM us on Instagram or LinkedIn. Share a topic of interest or a struggle that's top of mind for you. We'll give you a shout out on a future podcast. And for more information about Do I Dare and all things leadership, visit KimberlyKlimanLee.com, sign up for our weekly newsletter, and stay tuned for exclusive content access to the tools and resources you need to lead.